Security Excellence Through Education, Corporate Security University. This is Carlos Francisco. And this is Scott Walker. And this is Corporate Security University. Security excellence through education. Scotty, we got a good one on this one. I'm very excited because this man, <laughs> this man comes to me by the grace of, no, man, I can't, I can't do that right away, not in this university, but uh, Mark Ledlow is here with us, and uh, he's known throughout the world as a man of mystery, but most importantly, Scotty, most importantly, he's the president of Ledlow Security Group, prior Marine Corps. I mean, you guys don't say who, do you, Mark? What's the Marine? What does the Marine say? Here we go. Super Fi Hoorah. Hoorah. That's the one. Yeah. You guys go, who yeah, or something like that in the Army. Yeah, hoorah. Hoorah. <laughs> oh, that's right. So, okay. yeah, no. No disrespect. No disrespect. No, no disrespect. There's lots of love. But we are excited to have you here, Mark. You, you uh, obviously been been running the company for a while. And I think the education here today is really going to be about uh, a little bit about uh, running your own company, a little bit about what the CEOs out there want, maybe a little bit about what uh, the folks that are trying to get into the C-suite of security or maybe even upper management of security, some of the things they can look at. I remember you saying something about what's COVID-19 like today. What happened to COVID-19, by the way? And we're going to get there. Uh, but also some of the powerful tools that are out there that maybe some folks, you know, just haven't had a chance to dabble on. I know I learned uh, a lot of the stuff from the the Google tools uh, that my friend Scott uh, shares with me every single day. I'm still old school, man. I don't if it's not Microsoft or, or like tools, I'm I'm done. I don't know anything about it. Uh, so Scotty does. But Big Mark, how are you, sir? You know, I'm gonna tell this to the audience. In the middle of the summer in July, and I was in Bend, Oregon, oh. enjoying some car concerts in the river and doing some barbecue over there and. I didn't miss anything security. I really didn't. I had a blast. Just totally Billy checked out and check out Facebook to you if there's any new jobs coming online. I really didn't care. Just had fun. Just checking mentally, doing a checkout, mental health checkout, you know? It's always Man. good to be in condition white every so often. Yeah, you got to. I agree. You got to have, you have to have mental balance in the industry because I remember my 30s and 40s, I was going six, seven days a week and I was hoping, hoping and praying. Oh, I hope I get an Asadi deal that runs four months to make thirty thousand cash or whatever, right. and then get a ten thousand dollar tip, which never happened half the time when you work for royal families. Right. And uh, you know, I life is good now. I have mental balance. COVID's over, and I'm like, you know what? Priorities straight. I work hard. I play hard, and it's good to have balance. And I like balance. Yeah. See. Well, listen, everybody that's listening today, we, we have some ideas of where we're going, but we never really know where we're going. And uh, we kind of just wing it in a way, but it's going to be uh, it's going to be educational. And that's the point of every single one of these things. So I'm going to kick it off right away. A couple of things. So you're not only involved with that. You're a representative of, of uh, the Ronin uh, training system as well. And but you just said that you were able to turn everything off and step into some concert and music. And I hope you had a couple of libations, adult libations. But my question to you is, 
how is that ability to step away so important for a leader, especially the one that's dealing with multiple companies? It's important to me. I want to hear from you what I should be doing, actually, because I'm always busy. I know Scotty is busy also, always hustling and running as, as we're trying to educate and create a better future for all the security folks. Tell me a little bit about how important that is to you. For me, you know, going uh, early 50s now, and I'm like, you know what? What's important to me? Balance. Spend time with friends and family and just living in the moment. Not on my phone, not on social media, but living in the moment. Just uh, de- disengage from that thing in your in your hand all the time. It's just, what does it really do for you? I don't know. But for me, having a team in the back end to support, you know, operational support, stuff like that is critical. And that allows me to do all the things that I'm doing. And, uh, and I know July is typically one of the slower months of the industry for a season. So I'm like, you know what? Why fight it? Why keep looking for, you know, work and business when I know this in this season time of year is slow for this industry. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to check out. I know there's nothing going to happen that does. We'll deal with it, but I'm going to go to a concert, have some fun, but fun with some friends at a barbecue and listen to some music and just check out and enjoy the country mountain era backcourt. And, uh, take advantage of that downtime, you know, enjoy that downtime. I know a lot of agents out there. Oh my God, what am I going to do? I hope there's another Saudi detail or another, uh, you know, Middle Eastern Royal family coming through town so I can make my 300 to $400 a day cash and then maybe get a bonus. And then, then I'll go vacation the Christmas holiday. No, you won't. You'll keep working like a mad dog. That's what yeah. we all do. Don't, don't kid yourself and lie to yourself. And That's you know, true. you only get one shot at this thing called life. You really do, and I'm guilty. I, I used to work seven days a week in L.A. and Orange County, and I just busted my butt. But that balance is great because I know what the industry is going to do. I know this time of year is slow, so why not check out and just yeah. enjoy life? And uh, having a team that are so much stronger and my weaknesses are huge. Key. Key. Key leadership one and two courses that we talk about. That is exactly who you want to hire. So I do agree with that. Scott, I know you have like this four by four boondocking big truck van thing, man. Is that is that what you do to kind of shut off a little Absolutely, bit? Absolutely. Yeah. We 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 haven't figured out how to disconnect yet. Um, you know, we we take Starlink with us and and go out into the literally into the boondocks and and can go off road, but yeah, I'm with you, Mark. I think uh, it is good to get out of the kind of the rat race every so often. And this is, this is definitely the slow time of year for a lot of people. You know, unless you're a wildland firefighter, then you're out out west fighting fire or you're in Canada <laughs> fighting fire. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, the thing, seasonality is an interesting concern. Um, I'm, I'm curious, though, Mark, COVID-19 was a weird, another weird time for our industry. And you've been in the industry you know, a couple decades. How did, how did you survive COVID-19? Not from, you know, a health standpoint, but, you know, how did your business survive? Because we didn't have the seasonality as much. Uh, Everything was up in the air and everything was a question mark if I were, for me and and what I was doing. It was one long season. It was. (laughs) It was like lasted, uh, what, two years almost straight? It's like, it was crazy. Depending where you're at, three. Yeah. Three, three years almost. And how we survived it was um, we had a couple of direct clients in the Bay Area that were six days a week, and that actually got us through. And then uh, I was a vendor to, to one client out of Florida, and he they gave us a ton of business. 
with the banks. We luckily got into some the, in the banking world a little bit because they had a contract with them. And that really helped us for about eight months. That gave us a huge cushion of cash to get through that what, eight month time period. And then that at the same time, I was launching my podcast at the same time. Like, well, I can't go to conferences, can't work. Like, what the yeah. heck am I going to do? I'm like, then this, my uh, producer, Chris Decker, goes, well, what are you going to do? Well, crap, I don't know. Have you thought about being a podcaster? I'm like, what the heck is that? Hey, <laughs> you know, any, anybody can do it. Look at me. It's and literally anybody can do it. We can do it. I was like, microphone. holy crap, have I gone into podcasting? And all my haters are to come out and destroy me and kill me. That's the first thing that came to my mind. I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm going to 86 by myself from the industry forever if I do this. And it was now, the most petri petri petrifying, horrifying thing I ever did in my life next to the Marine Corps. Man, uh, sometimes I can just it's good to do scary things, though. That's good. And I was like, okay, oh, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do a pig. And then yeah. um, I'm like, like Chris Decker said, what else are you going to do? You're going to sit around and do nothing. And and then you spend two years during the pod, during the COVID thing, launching your podcast and get some amazing guests to tell some great stories and uh, just launch that. It's the smartest thing I ever did in my career is launching a podcast. Well, was, you know, I think we, you know, at Corporate Security University, we're trying to focus, refocus education and making it accessible for a lot more people than just, you know, people who have means and, and have time to take off and study. But podcasts are now and and have been over the last maybe decade even becoming much more acceptable as a way to learn it's certainly a communication medium right but you also have gotten into kind of the training world and with it with a training school of your own carlos mentioned ronin how, how does that work as you are as a business owner you have a number of different verticals that you're working in was this intentional on how you're setting up, you know, a podcast as a, as a, learn, a way to communicate and, and market, and then you have the training school. And I would imagine your training school, and if I'm speaking out of turn, certainly correct me, but I would imagine you use your training school as kind of a pipeline for your protection business, because you're probably out there looking like, boy, there's people with some pretty serious skills deficit. I mean, I looked at your curriculum and I was very impressed because I think it's day two of your 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 um, academy, you focus on kind of stop the bleed, uh, traumatic injury, um, you know, first aid and and uh, TCCC as we call it in the military, right? Is this is this a concerted effort, or are you you know how does this all kind of work together with podcast training school protection? Yeah, a great question. Um, it was funny, uh, you know, Ron Owens is a good friend of mine over in Oklahoma. And he's the marketing genius out there. He goes, Mark, have you thought about maybe merging your podcast with maybe Frank and I? Because he's good friends with Frank. He goes, you know Frank Muir? I'm like, who's that? <laughs> That's, I don't my know Frank Muir. That's my I'm boy. Like, I didn't know who he was, to be honest with you. He goes, I have an idea. Ron had the idea. Your podcast, your listeners, your base, I bet we can funnel them into the Ronin training experience with Frank Muir. I'm like, Okay. Let's do a trip to Oklahoma. This is the middle of the pandemic. I'm like, okay. I went to Oklahoma to meet him. There was nobody out. I was flying all over the place because the tickets were cheap. So I was just flying all over the country. And I didn't catch COVID until two years later. And uh, then I got I got a bit for three months. But um, it, it was interesting. Like you said, the vertical, Scott, was th this watching the podcast opened the door to so many new relationships I didn't know existed. 
And it's amazing how powerful this platform of what you guys are doing with your university, you're educating the ones that want to get educated on how to be better at their craft. And Ron said, let's do Ronin. Let's launch it. And then we'll get all Frank Mears fanboys, as Ron calls them, to come to this course, become badass executive protection agents. And it's like, okay, let's do it. And so Ron actually, to your question about the medical side, he actually has a, a, a staff doctor that he was in the army with that agreed to do be part of it. Great. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. Have I not launched a podcast? I probably never got the invite to partner because the audience we're reaching, I don't know what the, what the count is, but it's, it's crazy right now. And I think there's a, a, an audience base that you guys are reaching with your university. They're hungry for information because I'm constantly being told, hey, where do we get this information at? We like, we like going out and doing J-hooks and shooting stuff. That's fun. We all love doing that. That's our Afro personality, our military background. But the corporate clients like you guys are talking about, you need to be a little ed- more educated at a deeper level to know how to communicate with that C-suite. you got to know their language. And so with Ronin, what we're trying to do is give them the baseline level education to get in the door so they don't follow themselves and fumble the football in the first yard. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to talk about this because especially in California, and I'd be curious to hear what your experience is, Mark, with EP folks. Before the pandemic, um, there was, we had the, the YouTube shooting, as you know, because you lived it. And I was in Silicon Valley. Carlos was in Silicon Valley. And there was this big outcry from all these Silicon Valley tech companies for we need every gu- every guy with a gun or every person with a gun uh, concealed weapon permit that you got. And really quickly, we ran out of off-duty and retired cops because that was the only people that could carry. And there were some things that happened that were to our industry during that time, trying to get CCWs to meet the demands of the customer that aren't, you know, we don't need to talk about them, but it's widely known. And it wasn't a, a good look. But now, post-pandemic, you have the state, of, a lot of counties, and I think all counties in the state of California, unless they can find a reason, they have to give you a CCW. Exactly. Right? And so what I have name. seen is, I, I've experienced this directly with my work, we have people who, um, uh, in January, I was working with some EP folks, and they were former armed security guards. And I said, oh, uh, you know, why the EP space now? And they're like, oh, because I could get a CCW. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, you work in armed security at a bank or something. Now you're working as an EP agent. Okay, and I'm getting ready to turn over my my vehicle to them so that they could continue the shift and, and be ready to drive. And I said, you know, where'd you go to EP school? And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, he didn't even know that that was a thing. And I was like, <laughs> so just because you got a CCW and you were a security guard means that you can drive? I was, it was a little horrific. And I didn't know if you had had the same experience and what your thoughts were on that one. Yeah. What we're experiencing right now is a, um, a lot of the, the agents, in the, especially Northern California, because they have a CCW now and a guard car exposed permit, they think they should be getting paid 50 bucks an hour. And they know it. Some of these folks have no background, no military yeah, background. $50 an hour. Sorry. And I hate to say it, but some of them don't even show up to work. Yes. Right. Oh, I had an accident. Oh, my dog got sick and ate a crown or something. And I hate to say it, but what I'm seeing out there is, is 
post before the pandemic, everybody showed up to work, but I see a, a mental shift and work ethic and character integrity. And it's mainly, I don't know if this is the West coast thing, but I don't hear these issues in the South and Texas and the East coast. Maybe, I don't know. I'm just going off of what I'm experiencing. I don't know if it's a work ethic thing or people just are, you know, want that easy hit, easy money. And then the other thing I hear is it's two to three hour drive to get in the Bay from the Valley for most of these guys go. So I, I get the argument. Gas is expensive. It's five, six bucks a gallon. And they're spending those kind of dollars to get to work in three hour drive one way. Yeah. I would make sure I get a couple few days before I commit to a one day gig really is not even worth my time. So from their perspective, I, I get the argument. Is, is it really worth my time? And uh, I hear some contracts are going went from 12 hour shifts to eight hour shifts. So where's the incentive financially for them to even to show up to work. And so I know some contract battles. I'm not going to say who's in what contract battle, but these agents want to get paid for their time. Right. And they should. They absolutely and they should. should. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I believe they have $50 an hour agents. That's the question. Like th- that means that they have at least first aid CPR, AED and some more EP training than just, you know, I watched, uh, I watched the bodyguard. So I'm good. <laughs> great movie. Come on. Whitney. Yeah, great great movie. Come on. Whitney. Come on. Man. Whitney. Nails. But you know, I'll give that $50 an hour to that retired cop or a Matt that yeah. hands right. down. Yeah. I'll spread yeah, my. Agree. I'll take my profit margin and take care of those who served our country or served in law enforcement. Not not a problem at all. But if you don't have that background, I can see you make thirty five bucks an hour with the CCW. But these these agents up there think they're owed that. But what I'm also seeing right now is a huge shift and a slowdown in the executive protection industry as we speak right now. It's happening. It's been the quietest I've seen it in the Bay Area in probably a year. It's like what the heck is happening? Even LA is dead. But I'm hearing the migration of EP projects are going on in Florida. Everybody's leaving California for the tax purposes and going to Florida right now. I'm talking to a lot of people, and they're saying, hey, there's a migration of the industry is happening as we speak. So the guys that were supporting $50 an hour in California, they're, they're probably giving me a lack of projects to do because those clients are leaving the state. So that yeah. means lack of work? I don't know. So there's a lot so. of migration happening outside of California. But – you have to think too, where is the tech hub of the world, the Bay Area, Silicon Valley? I don't think that's ever going to change because that's where that talent's at that make Silicon Valley thrive. I think maybe yeah, I think it's definitely. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's pockets here and there. And, uh, you know, but you're right on that. But I, I do have to, to ask you a couple of things. So executive protection day one, we got this course called executive, executive protection magic. You should, you should look into it. It's all about the customer service, customer centric piece of executive protection, which we just created right now. Thank you very much. Write that down, Scott. Thank you. But, but what I wanted to say was this, is that I remember there was a time there was, you know, that EP was, was very focused on, you know, guns kicking down doors and guns and kicking down doors and I'll, I'll save your life. Right. But I, what I realized more and I already saw it coming. You know, it's funny that you talk about the, the princesses and princes and the Royal families of the middle East. I, when I used to do, I used to be part of this VIP dignitary team for the Walt Disney Company. We only did uh, the security piece of it within the property. The 40 at the time was 48 square miles. We're now to 43 square miles. But that's where we, and we just assisted the EP groups that came in. We were the radio communications to the cops, to the police, and we just assisted you getting through wherever you needed to get through. 
which was a great service that we had at the Walt Disney Company for the EP people that came in. So you knew you're always going to connect with Carlos, right? If Michael Jackson came in, he's connecting with Carlos. His people are calling me on my number, and, and we're, we're getting it done. But even at that time, I realized a couple of things. One of them, um, I could never take any of the wonderful little bonuses tips at the end of every single prince and princess that came in because the company wouldn't allow me uh, to do those nice envelopes and they look kind of thick by the way but nice I, I and never, thick couple grand i right can never i can never i can never uh go ahead and take part on that so i don't know what that means to me but what i wanted to tell you was this is that even then i knew that there was a very customer centric nature to EP. It's almost like a motherly type, but a concierge type, maybe a fatherly type to these people that you work with every single day because you want to protect them just like I want to protect my kids. I, what I realized through COVID, kind of going back there a little bit, Scott, is that it, it became even more uh, of a customer-centric approach to almost everything that you do in the EP world. And if you do not come with those soft skills, super soft skills, you know, and being comfortable, by the way, and being asked, hey, can you, can you book me dinner? tonight we want to go eat at this resort or or uh no nah, i don't want to go to a restaurant anymore let's go to this one and you're calling the restaurant as an ep person as you're moving right and and getting it done as you're going all at the same time like if you're not comfortable in being a little bit of a concierge this day these days then you're probably going to have a little bit of issue trying to fill in those those you know big ep shoes yeah you have to wear many hats now yeah. The client goes, I'm paying how much for your service? What hundred dollars an hour, hundred fifty dollars an hour? And all you can do is walk next to me and look cute in a suit or whatever you're trying to do, but you can't even hold my coffee or I don't grab you don't grab bags. Well, you just lost your job. Customer service focused. Yeah. <laughs> and absolutely you have to wear many hats and yeah, concierge, your personal assistant. You do you're a jack of all trades when you become the executive protection agent because they want to see how smart you are and not how strong and how fast you can shoot round down range. They don't care. They know you can do that. But can, can you do a Excel spreadsheet? Can you send them a PowerPoint on, let's say you got to talk to the C-suite. Can you do a presentation on a C-suite Google Sheet thing? But that, that's like competition down the road. But I'll back up a little bit. They just want no, to know. I agree, though. I agree. You have to have those skills, right? Well, you, you, have the, you have to have everything that Ronan – you know, showcases from one uh, day one through day four. But at the same time, you better, you know, I, I'm learning about Google Docs more and more every day from Scott because I've always been a Microsoft person, right? I'm still learning, but you're right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue, Mark. But yeah, like the C-suite, you know, they're going to want to know, can you create the schedule and send them bios within the schedule and attach them on the schedule? Google, can you do that as a team lead? I don't think these courses out. I have not seen. I see a lot of course EP courses out there showing you how to shoot J hooks and stuff like that and medical. But what's going to save your butt out there on the job is having these technical skill sets. I don't even know how yeah. to do Google. My team does, and they hit up my client and say, "Hey, here's a Google calendar sheet, a breakdown of the the schedule. It's nice and yeah. pretty and all colored." I'm like, "How do you guys do that?" But that's yeah. what. That's how you got to communicate with those clients that are corporate. That's what they want to see. Can you can you tell you. the CFO what 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 they're spending money on? I agree. And I'll tell you something else that I just learned, Mark, on this whole EP thing. You know, if there's one thing that I'm extremely uneducated on, and it was for personal reasons, a very young age that I decided that there was this was not going to be ever a gig for me. I tried it; it was fun, but that's about it. Um, was that 
today, too, and I learned this from hanging out with a buddy of mine uh, last week or the week prior, is that not only you have to deal in a in a soft customer centric manner with with whoever you know you're 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 securing, but also now they're handlers, and and they're they're I mean everybody that runs their lives, you're almost like so if you don't have again those soft skills, not even to, and you have to be focused on the the soft skills all the time. Like you mm-hmm. can't deviate from your soft skills. So as soon as you do, now you are rude, right? So can you uh, adapt to the culture? Oh yeah, absolutely. Man. If you're so in America, but yeah, these foreigners coming into your country, they want you to protect them. But do you understand the culture they come from? What's what's permitted? What's acceptable? What's not? It's, if it's from the Middle East, uh, you better do, understand who the handler is and know the chain of command within that family. Can they have a hierarchy in their culture? Can do you understand what that means? Oh, I just went to EP school, but they did teach you how to adapt to the foreign culture to keep your job. Yeah, I I, I like that you guys teach that uh, itadakimasu, as they say in Japanese. But uh, the the way to eat, you know, <laughs> so, how, how do you eat? And they invite you to eat. Well, I'm not hungry right now. Uh, that was an insult to their culture because they're inviting you to eat with them. And that's an insult. You said, I'm not hungry. Well, you got to figure that stuff out. Otherwise, you're not going to last in this industry. We are not doing itadakimasu. No, itadakimasu. <laughs> Sorry. It's really good. Uh, yeah, you're not you're not doing it right. So, But here, here's a couple of the things that I'll throw at you, too, trying to figure out this whole education thing. What made you choose to go and do your own kind of proprietary thing than to go, go work for the man? Right, because we work for the man. There's a lot of people right now that are taking our courses that you're trying to understand what corporate is like. Because a lot of our courses, they're not for your your kind of your security officer to get your 40 hours of state license. We we do not do that. We do just leadership courses that leads to bigger and better things. So, give me give me your thoughts around why why that way and not the man way. You know that Scott and I took the the red pill. The red pill, I took the green pill, folks. Why did I take the green pill? I think in my DNA, I was hardwired to run my own show eventually. I didn't know it at the time. And I think the podcast pushed me and pushed me. And I think I had a lot of mentors in my life. Uh, Mike Trott, for example, former CI Next guy. neighbor, literally, down the, yeah. down the street. Well, and, I, and I'm drinking that. <laughs> uh, and I'm drinking this. Yeah, bring out the bottle. Bring out the bottle. Let's throw Shout it out to Mike Trott. There you go. Four bourbons. Four branches bourbon. We'll do a commercial here. The best bourbon. This is so good. I have to be careful. I like the water. I I shared this with two other vets uh, this weekend. I've had my first glass. We can only have one glass because it's so good that you just want to keep going. That's great. Shout out to Mike Trott and the team out there for what they're doing for the vets out there. Much respect. And he's a good friend. I reach out to him. He gives me advice. And guys like himself and then uh, Robert Dodge, you know, he said, Mark, we're going to start your own shop. When you start your own shop, I'm like, am I ready? Yeah, you're ready to start your own shop. Put your flag up. And then uh, Craig Grenger, GS3, said, Mark, you got to put your flag up. I'm like, well, I'm going to alienate myself if I start my own company. But what are you afraid of? I'm like, oh, maybe myself. And so yeah. I pulled the trigger and I did it. And it's been the, the best it's been frightening, scary, because you learn so much about money management, making payroll, right. and your folks, and you're just a little company like me. You, you learned how to be flexible, and then you get a call from 
a major bank in the Bay Area that's having issues, and their head of security knows my uh, chief operating officer, Mark Beeson, and then all of a sudden we're standing in operation for them for four months. We're like, what the heck did we just get into? Yeah. Like, what thing that motivates me about running my own shop is if I can save a vet's life by putting him, giving him purpose again, it's worth it. If I can give a, a law enforcement officer, retired guy or a gal that wants purpose after retirement, if I can empower them by giving them something to do, giving them purpose, it's worth it. So my, my purpose, I guess I'm trying to, you know, motivate, inspire our, our military folks, our veterans and our men and women in blue. And that's what pretty much pushes me. It's not, the money does not motivate me. Money has never been a motivator for me. Yeah. And I'm going to ask one more question because again, education here, and you can be as honest as you want to be. What are some of the things that as you were trying to continue this, this road of working for yourself and trying to create things, right? Because you almost have to be a little bit of an artist at the same time, uh, like you said, a, a TV star slash a salesperson slash a finance person. I mean, I'm learning about QuickBooks every day. Um, <laughs> what was some of the things that you thought, man, if I had just a little bit more education on this, it would have really helped me from, from the get-go? Hmm. Now, we all know you're perfect, Mark. We all know you're perfect, but there's got to be one thing. I'd have to figure out what is my why. Ah. Why am I doing this? To get control of time and money? Not really. Make an impact in the industry? Yeah. To inspire those vets out there, military folks. And, you know, my DNA, I love protecting people. Right. It's, it's who I am, Marine Corps vet, you know. It's... I loved it when I was in the field. I had a blast. I had a great run. But now, you know, let the younger generation get a T-shirt. You know, I don't, I don't need to be in the spotlight. I really don't care. I'd rather be, I'd rather empower my, the guys and gals on the ground making, making the business work. Those are truly the ones that are making the business thrive, not Mark Ludlow. Mark Ludlow is just the brains behind the machine trying to make all the wheels and the machinery work with a well-oiled machine to keep it going forward. And I'm just like, what I've learned is if I can make magic happen behind the scenes and keep, keep money coming in their wallets and feed, help feed their families, this is what I do, what I do. Man, the why. God, you just got me too, because I was just trying to figure out the why the other day. And, uh, and it's definitely not because I could gain more time right now, it seems. Uh, it's actually the opposite of that. But listen, Mark, uh, I'm going to leave it to Scott here. If you, Scott, if you got one more question or not. You, I have one then, more. Uh, one more, one more question, so, and then we'll we'll close this out. Yeah, Mark, this should this should be a quick one. But as you know, we have um, at Corporate Security University, we see a lot of people who are transitioning out of military and law enforcement, and they come to us. They take our courses. We've got a bundle of courses that they can take to help them transition. But I'm sure you've seen a lot of folks coming right out of the military and law enforcement and into executive protection. What is one skill that you want them to carry with them and what's into executive protection and what's one skill you don't want them to carry with them into executive protection. Leave the ego at the door. Think team. Success. Imagine you want to become on the, get on the SEAL team. How do the SEALs make missions work? They don't think like individuals. They think like teammates and you almost like, Oh, if you never would, teams or Navy SEALs, think football, sports. How did you function in your basketball team, soccer team? 
you got to think key mentality to, to break into the business. And you have to remember, you're dealing with a lot of alpha personalities. Everybody wants to control their environment. And you need to put that alpha personality at the door, have that humble blue pill, swallow it. Keep your mouth shut and use your ears. Your ears are the most powerful educational tools you'll ever have. And, you know, take the advice of what Carlos and Scott are doing in the university. Listen to the advice. This advice could save you thousands of hours of mistake in this industry. Use your mentor and coach's mind, not your brain. Don't use your brain in this industry because you're leaving law enforcement, you're leaving military. And that mindset won't probably allow you to have success in the industry because it's a different, different mindset to allow you to thrive. The first thing I did was I shut my brain off and listened to my coaches and mentors in the industry. And I'm like, okay, time to be a sponge, time to learn, because the way we do things in exact protection is a different animal. The discipline you have, that will carry you. The tenacity you had for your career will carry you. But the skill sets and the knowledge that Scott and Carlos will teach you at the university will give you the sex you need. But here's my tip. Use their brain, not your brain, for success. Remember, you're a rookie coming on the team. You're a rookie coming on the team. You don't know everything. And you leave that ego at the door. That will destroy you. Uh, Agreed. Advice. Agreed. There's always two things that I've always said, Mark, with a lot of, you know, I've been in the corporate side for a very long time, but there's only two things that always, I think, made uh, a lot of the law enforcement or military folks fail on the corporate side. And one of them was exactly what you said, is to not be humble enough to learn again, because you're going to have to learn again. And the second piece is to not be flexible enough mm-hmm. to go with the flow. Uh, there's a so lot of them that, that wasn't an Excel spreadsheet that I needed to check something off on. It wasn't going to work. And I'm like, man, corporate, ooh, that's, you know, that's not how we work. I agree. You got, you got two Scott real quick and then we'll, we'll close it out. A two. Well, uh, a good, a, a good one. <laughs> oh, or a bad for one? Me, that, that I think, yeah. Um, yeah. the, a good one that I want people to carry with them is their sense of teamwork. Like what you were saying, Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got to have that and they've got to want to work with people who they think or they will find are less trained and less motivated than they are. Mm-hmm. And, but you still need to work with them. They're on your team, right? Yeah. Cops are really bad at this when they come over into the executive protection space because they're, they, I was, yeah. the, yep. I had all this authority. I was, I had the badge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now you got to work with a team and you've got to work with an executive admin who doesn't want you to drop off at the back of the restaurant, you're going to drop off in front, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sense of teamwork, they need to carry that over. The, the, I think the one um, thing that, and I kind of already just said it was that i see so often that really hurts these folks is that inability to understand business and, and believe that they're still running a, it, like it's a, a detail for the mayor or, or a detail for, you know, they're downrange or something on the secretary of state. Um, yeah. th- those are are few and far between the private sector. You know, you know they, they exist, but um, for the most part, you're probably running somebody to a mall, and uh, so they can go shopping at Saks. Um, yeah. that's just the reality. And and they're they're they need you because they're high net worth, or they maybe do have threats. But um, just remember that not everything is is like 
what it was in your previous world as you know, you're protecting a general an admiral or head of state um, you got to realize that this is a business and we are in the business of making money and keeping people safe and i think those things are equal i think they can be done equally but i think too you have a lot of agents they they, they can't interchange hats right they use the same mindset to do, let's say they just work in a corporate environment, let's say, let's call it Disney, for example, just an example, folks. And they use that same mindset they had corporate Disney to go work for a royal family. Uh-oh, different right. culture, different climate, different environment. Right. It's not going to work. You have to interchange those hats and mindsets to survive. And then running a business as an owner, I, it was the hardest struggle for me was learning to run, manage a business and take off my EP agent hat put on my business hat i'm like oh business line of credit cash flow pay these oh. people oh comp, general liability oh shoot that didn't teach that in the ep course of course they, they don't, don't. <laughs> no but i'll tell you what they gotta start teaching it's uh it's a uh, ep magic now EP magic. EP there magic. you go ep magic but listen mark we truly appreciate your time we know how valuable it is uh, I'm sure the students at Corporate Security University also appreciates it. I know Scott and I definitely do. As I close out, man, I will read what it says on your LinkedIn because I think it's really cool. Mark Ludlow, president of Ludlow Security Group Marine Corps Service Disabled Veteran Company, which is great. And then it says, given our veterans, veterans and retired law enforcement hope and purpose in the security industry. Love that. Mark Ludlow, everybody, with uh, – well, a couple of different companies. So, Ledlow, let's start with well, now Ronin Training System. It's on top of there. So, but I know Ledlow Security Group is one that's big to your heart. And uh, still, Podcast, the Fearless Mind, uh, Mindset Podcast, doing that as well. And uh, everything else you could possibly imagine, you can get a hold of Mark on LinkedIn or just give Scott and I a call. We'll hook you up with Mark. And, uh, Mark, we appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for your time, huh? Guys, thanks for having me, and thanks for what you do, the industry with the university, and whatever I can do to help, do what all I can do to help out. You got it, bud. Well, listen, everybody, I am Carlos Francisco. And I'm Scott Walker. And this is Corporate Security University. The excellence through education. There we go. We'll catch That's you guys later. Take care, everybody. Thanks, guys. Security Excellence Through Education, Corporate Security University.